football over time. Five days left for the Euros 2020 to begin, although they are taking place in 2021. It's been a long year's wait. Yeah, so let's begin with Group A. We have um, Italy, Turkey, Wales and Switzerland. What do you think, Varan? Yeah, the group seems pretty easy for Italy. Uh, I think they should be able to finish on top comfortably with the squad that they have. Uh, they have a nice blend of experience and youth. Uh, in defence, they have Banuki, Chiellini who are the most experienced centre-back combination you can have. And uh, they have Donnarumma keeping for them. So that's a really a big plus point. In midfield, they have Verratti, Jorginho and Chiesa with an addition of Barella. So I think that's a pretty good midfield. Add to that Bernadeschi again. Oh, yeah. Also, Verratti uh, is injured currently but uh, uh, is hopeful for yeah, the Euros. Hopefully he can be there. Because yeah. that will be a good addition to their squad. And up front, they have Insigne and Immobile, so I think they, sh- they are a pretty good side. They are favourites to go deep into the tournament. So let's see what happens to them. Moving on to Group B. Group B is Belgium, Denmark, Finland and Russia. We did cover Belgium last in the last episode. I think they're meant to go pretty deep this in this tournament. Yeah, it should be comfortable for them. Uh, I don't think Denmark, Finland or Russia will give them a lot of trouble. Yeah. And I think, you know, the addition of De Bruyne. Obviously, Luckily, nothing happened much serious then. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see who uh, goes through in Denmark within Denmark, Finland, and Russia. Yeah, I think Denmark are slightly favourites. Yeah, but then yeah, Russia had a good World Cup. Obviously. So. Anyway, uh, Group C. Group C: Austria, Netherlands, North Macedonia, and Ukraine. Netherlands are the favourites in this. Come on. Yeah. They are favourites, but they are gonna miss Van Dijk. Uh, he's decided to skip the Euros and uh, focus on his injury, and focus on rehabilitation. But I think they should be just okay uh, with Stefan de Vrij and Matthias de Ligt handling the central defence. But yeah, Van Dijk is going to be a huge miss. In the midfield, they, I think they are one of the best midfields this uh, tournament uh, with Wijnaldum, Frankie de Jong and uh, Donny van de Beek. So, they are... Donny fav- hasn't played much though, right? Yeah. yeah. He's kind of been sidelined by Ole. Ole. But I think he, he does has a lot of potential and he does show promise. If they put on the Ajax form they did, I think they're yeah. pretty good. Uh, and up ahead of Memphis Depay, Quincy Promise, and Luke De Jong, uh, I think that's good enough uh, front line. Uh, I I won't say they're favourites, but they're certainly a team to look out for. Yeah, I mean, uh, talking about Austria, Austria, they have won plenty of games since the 2018 World Cup. But in the same time, they were also defeated by Latvia, Romania, as well as 4-0 by Denmark in their own back garden. <laughs> but let's see how their season goes as well. So in Group D, we have Croatia, Czech Republic, England and Scotland. There's some good matches to look forward to, some traditional rivals in England and Scotland. And uh, Croatia are still a pretty decent side themselves. Yeah, I think England should win their group with relative comfort, but doing so would throw them into the path of France, Germany or Portugal in the round of 16. I think finishing second would give them an easier path for England and um, yeah. 
Yeah, um, I have an interesting stat. Uh, pull it up from the webpage called The Analyst. England have a 64.6% chance of finishing first in their group, while just having a 23.2% chance of finishing second. But um, I would slightly disagree with Anya when she says that it'll be easier if they had a uh, if they finish second in their group, because then comes Spain, and if they beat Spain, then comes France, Germany, or Portugal. They are so, going to face pra- France, exactly. Germany, Portugal one so time again. So it is a tough way. It yeah. is a tough way for the three lions. Uh, they're also only given a fi- according to the same webpage. They're also only given a 5.2 percent chance of lifting the trophy this time. Mm-hmm. Although I personally believe they have. A better chance than that. Yeah, larger chance than that. Um, so if I had to analyze the team, I'd say one position they're lacking is the keeper. I mean, they have Henderson, Johnstone, and Pickford, but I don't think they've all been in best form last season, right? Yeah. Um, well, pretty stacked everywhere else. I feel. I mean, right back. I bet Gareth Southgate had like a huge headache to pick his. Yeah, they so. have more right back than trophies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <okay. laughs> no, but even the midfield. I mean, like they have Grealish and Henderson, and then you have the youngsters, right? Mount, Ford, and Saka, and then up ahead they have Rashford, Sterling, Calvert Lewin, so. Sancho. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a good attack. Yeah, it's team. a promising young squad. Yeah. Obviously, with the likes of Sterling and Harry Kane, who. Have the experience uh, to guide them, and even Stones and Walker, they have a pretty good experienced defense as well. Well, they went pretty deep in the World Cup. The only team to stop them were Croatia, who will they who they will face yeah. again this time. Also, I mean, they don't have Lingard in their um, squad, right? What do you guys yeah. think about that? The extra right back, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really, I, I really feel uh, sorry for him. I think he really missed out. Uh, yeah, so second to, half of the season. Yeah. After so to m- quote Southgate, he said um, he's a great player and is unfortunate to miss out on the squad. He did start for the friendly match against Austria, right? Because Sancho was ill. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And and yeah, he also says that he deserves the opportunity to go and show me that I'm wrong straight away. So let's see. Doesn't matter. He's not playing now. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then moving over to Croatia, they have. A pretty aging squad, I would say. Um, yeah, Luka Modric is thirty-five now. But he's retired. He's still pretty good. He showed that again this season oh, yeah, with Madrid. Sure. Yeah. Uh, they have Teresic, Brozovic, Kovacic. All these guys. I mean, they're pretty good, but you can only expect so much from them. They are going to go deep in the tournament, but England will have to be wary about them. I think they will be able to make a good impact. In Group E, we have Spain, Sweden, Slovakia, and Poland. What do you think about Spain's chances, Anya? If they win, they become the most successful team at the European Championship by winning their fourth title. I think they'll be aiming to make up for the disappointing showing in the 2018 World Cup, right? Yeah, it was a pretty bad tournament for them, I would say, in all aspects. Yeah, also there are no Madrid players. I think that's a very interesting choice by Luis Enrique. Uh, it's a Spanish national team and you don't have any Madrid players, uh, that's pretty weird. Uh, but yeah. then they had uh, injury issues too, but I don't know why Carlos. he left out yeah. uh, Nacho, who had a pretty decent season with Madrid. Over someone like Eric Garcia, who hardly played at all. Uh, that's very interesting. Also, they have only 24 players instead of 26. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Luis Enrique is trying to do. But I would say their midfield overall is being, it's, it's very good. They have Busquets, Koke, Thiago, Rodri and Marcus Llorente, who had a very good season with Atletico Madrid. And they have the youngster Pedri, who has lit up Barcelona this season. So yeah, who's gonna keep Parul? <laughs> well, keeper is something they have to figure out. Uh, I don't think they should go with De Gea. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Uh, up ahead, they have Morata. Hope he's not offside. And uh, Ferran Torres, 
Pablo Sarabia. I think they should be pretty okay for the group stages. Uh, I, uh, for the round the knock- of 16 is going to be hard for them. Yeah, the knockout stages is something they really have to work hard to get past. Interestingly, Spain have been given 11.3% of a chance of winning the Euro this time by the same website, mm-hmm. uh, the analyst. And that they come in third place just behind Belgium and France. I think they will clear the group easily, but they might have a slight, a bit of a tougher time uh, in the knockouts. Yeah, and moving into the other team in Group E, Sweden, they'll be missing the main man, uh, Zlatan himself. He came out of retirement so that he could play the Euros, and now he'll be missing out. That's a sad story for him. Yeah, also Poland, um, I mean, I don't know how much promise they will show. I guess we can expect maybe a few upsets from them. But uh, I guess uh, Lewandowski, the key player, is their plan A, B, and C. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? He's been scoring goals last Yeah, and he's been in tremendous form. Next, the group of death. Group F. We have Germany, France, Portugal, and Hungary. Uh, Papa, I feel sorry for them. I don't know how they'll survive this group. Uh, but we're not going to talk about Hungary today. We'll move on to Portugal. Yeah, I think many people think that Portugal is just a one-man team with the outcome only depending on how Ronaldo plays. But since Portugal managed to win the last Euros without their star man, um, yeah, that's proved completely wrong, I think. Also, the squad has insane depth overall around the pitch. Uh, in defence, they have Pepe, who is still be marshalling the defence. And with the addition of Ruben Diaz, who is the player of the season with Manchester City. Uh, up front, they have a lot of talent. Uh, Bernardo Silva. Andre Silva, who had a really good season with Frankfurt, uh, Joao Felix from Atletico Madrid, and Diego Jota from Liverpool. So they have a lot of talent, and then you put in Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, it's going to be a very good tournament for them, I, I believe. And we look forward to how deep they go into the tournament. Next, we move on to World, yeah, world Champions. Uh, I think they are, they all like we spoke about them a bit last time also. Yeah. But I think they are um, as good as they were in 2018. Yeah, yeah. I mean the strength and the depth of this France squad is insane, and then you just add Benzema and it. Yeah, just Benzema has been really good this season with uh, Real Madrid. He literally pulled them through towards the end of the season uh, with the injuries and all. So it's really good to have them back for the Euros with France. And yeah, they have a very strong squad. They have Varane, centre-back. They have the Bayonne duo, duo of Hernandez and Pavard. They have Pogba, they have Kante. Kante! <laughs> they also have... Um, oh, they have Mbappe, Griezmann, Benzema. They're, they're stacked. They're, 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 yeah. This they're, is why it's called the, gr- the group of yeah, death. They're, they're the favourites for a reason and we have to, you know... There are a lot of expectations on France. The only thing I'm very, I'm kind of skeptical about is their keeper. I mean, Hugo Lloris, he is good, but he's not getting any younger, right? Yeah. And then the other third team, who are also the big giants of Europe, Germany. We talked about them last week and how they have, you know, the one of the best midfields this tournament. Uh, you can't take them for granted, even though they had a very bad World Cup last time out. So it's going to be a very good group. Yeah. Uh, I hope all three teams make it out. The, the third the place, third place yeah. Yeah. yeah it's going to be interesting who makes it and i think france are major favorites this time around another major tournament happening in south america the copa america 2021 which was supposed to take place in argentina got shifted to brazil and now there are concerns that they can't be played in brazil also 
because covid is again rising interestingly there are actually more cases are uh, recorded in brazil than in argentina yeah so i think it's a lot of the political vibe shifted to brazil uh, i hope the tournament takes place but if it's risky i think they should just take place somewhere else but it's a lot of logistical issues again uh, otherwise i say uh, brazil are favorites of course it's brazil always they are favorites in copa america and argentina have a pretty good squad i would say uh, they've improved from the last time out there are a lot of copa americas happening <laughs> but yeah argentina i don't think they're relying solely on messi this time out but they have a good addition of you know lautaro martinez up front and di maria is still there In I mid- think the most important addition is their keeper. They've got rid of Cavallero and yeah. uh, brought in Martinez. Yeah, that's who, been pretty good. Yeah, who kept really well for and had a really good season for Aston Villa this time around. So, I think I look forward to uh, Argentina actually not conceding as many cheap goals as yeah. they did in the World But Cup. But then you know, uh, South American football is like so much different to European football. Obviously. It's too much. It's it's too physical. Uh, it's going to be different. Uh, I hope Argentina win because it's. High time Messi win it, wins the international trophy. A few important club transfers took place this week with Kun Aguero and Eric Garcia moving to Barcelona on free transfer. Yeah, they made two free transfers in two days. I think Laporta is really uh, the you know focus on making changes this summer, and let's see, it's interesting. Yeah, I think uh, Barcelona also headed in the right direction. Well, they don't have cash, so I think uh, the free transfers make sense at this point. But yeah. They are good signings. Come on, Aguero and Garcia are yeah. decent players. Bound to make a difference. However, on the other hand, uh, Barca's rivals uh, Real Madrid have a new head coach. Carlo Ancelotti has yeah. come from Everton. The man who uh, gave them the La Decima, the tenth Champions League. I think a lot of Madrid fans are happy with this appointment. Uh, it was sad that he left Everton yeah, midway. <laughs> But you know, Ancelotti is one of the best managers in Europe. He has been for quite a time, quite a some time now. Interestingly, he's only one of two managers who's won the UCL thrice, and the other one being Zidane himself. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Champions League runs in Madrid's history. We all know all about that. Uh, Ancelotti, it's interesting how he's back now. It was a very different side than what he took over in 2013. It was more established with Ronaldo and a young midfield of Cruz and Modric. This time, it's a different kind of team he's going to take over, and I hope Madrid make the most of it. Make the most of it. Yeah. For the last segment of today's episode, we bring it home. India lost to Qatar one nil in the World Cup qualifiers for Qatar 2022. India played ten men most of the match as Rahul Beke was sent off in the seventeenth th- minute after a second yellow card, which I think was pretty harsh. Yeah, I think he was trying to show positions and stuff, and his hand stuck out. Uh, it was a pretty harsh yellow card, but we understand why he got it. Yeah, uh, the whole match was really dictated by Qatar. They attacked in waves while India defended deep. India often tried to play out from the from behind and failed. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, they would blindly clear into the Qatari half and where no Indian player was because they were a man down. So yeah, it, it was pretty hard for them. I mean, there's no shame in losing to Qatar at all. I mean, they're the best team in Asia. And I I give you a stat: six or seven players of this Qatari team they play under Xavi, oh, the wow. Barca legend himself. So. You can you could see that in the plays they were making the the short passing and I don't know why they were taking long shots or they had thirty eight shots obviously so, so India were un and also I think India was just unable to hold the ball in Qatar's yeah. half India actually just have had twenty five percent possession the whole match while Qatar had seventy five while India's pass accuracy uh, pass accuracy 
was 60% and Qatar was close to 90 um yeah and like you said the shots oh my god i think they could have uh, taken more sensible shots yeah. <laughs> but i think they were just like you know trying because qatar can't play like that if they're going to play in the world cup yeah. next year they have to improve speaking of shots let's give some love to our keeper uh, gurpreet singh the man was literally keeping us in the game uh, so many saves uh, long range and you know intricate play uh, stops so gurpreet singh sandhu i think was the man of the match for me if we're considering from an indian perspective but yeah, I don't think there's any shame. Once again, I'm going to say this because Qatar is one of the best teams in Asia. Yeah, I think we have to see that they were outplayed. But also on the bright side, India did have two chances to counter. They yeah. came close. Uh, were not able to register a shot. But they, they were like almost just one pass away from yeah, a it, goal. It's the final pass, yeah. the final third. And I still think they're an inexperienced squad. Chetri was taken off at halftime. He had an injury. Like, and, he just came back. And yeah. covid and I think you could clearly see that nerves were still playing on, like nerves is a big part and they were unable and to the, just... The head coach Igor Simat, I think he's trying to you know, bring in youngsters into the Indian setup and you have to give him some time, you can't judge him so quickly. But the World Cup contention spot was always out of our hand when we were playing Qatar. Uh, the dream still lives on for all Indian football fans. We were actually con- uh, contending for the Asia, Asia Cup, Cup uh, against Qatar and will be against Bangladesh and Afghanistan this coming week. Yeah, I think the game against Bangla- Bangladesh is going to be a really big one. We should go all guns blazing, I guess, and get the result done. Uh, let's see what happens. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. This week has been pretty void of European football, but come next week, we will be looking forward to some exciting matches. Yeah, and I hope everyone's doing good. Stay safe, everyone. And thanks for listening. Ciao.